0: Tonight um it's always an honor and a privilege um to be in the presence of God and for me most so um to be up up here um it's almost I mean it's always a great honor and and a privilege um to come and and study the word of God. Um we are on Proverbs chapter twenty nine and um I can tell you that tonight is gonna be more interactive than before because when you read through that that chapter you're gonna see that most of the things we're going to talk about have been spoken about at one time or the other. So there'll be some few new, probably not new insights, but a few things we're going to discuss. But I won't say that, so it's going to be, you know, very, very interactive um, um, discussion tonight. So get ready. If you are not taking the mic, I'll be calling names. Um, let's read our text, and it's Proverb 29. Whoever remains stiff-necked after many rebukes will suddenly be destroyed without remedy. When the righteous strive, the people rejoice. When the wicked rule, the people groan. A man who loves wisdom brings joy to his father, but a companion of prostitutes squander his wealth. By justice, a king gives a country stability, but those who are greedy for bribes tear it down. Those who flatter their Neighbors are spreading nets of nets for their feet. Evildoers are snared by their own sin, but the righteous shouts for joy and are glad. The righteous care about justice for the poor, but the wicked have no such concern. Mockers stir up a city, but the wise turn away anger. If a wise person goes to court with a fool, the fool rages and scoffs, and there is no peace. The bloodthirsty hate a person of integrity and seek to kill the upright. Fools give full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. If a ruler listens to lies and all his officials become wicked. If a ruler listens to lies, all his officials become wicked. The poor and the oppressed have this in common. The Lord gives sight to the eyes of both. If a king judges the poor with fairness, his throne will be established forever. A rod and a reprimand impact wisdom, but a child left undisciplined disgraces his mother. When the wicked thrive, so does sin, but the righteous will see their downfall. discipline, Discipline your children, and they will give you peace. They will bring you the delight to desire. Where there's no Revelation, people cast off restraint, but blessed is the one who heeds wisdom instruction. Servants cannot be corrected by mere words. Though they understand, they will not respond. Do you see someone who speaks in haste? There's more hope for a fool than for for them. A servant pampered from youth will turn out to be insolent. An angry person stirs up conflict. And a hot tempered person commits many sins. Pride brings a person low, but the low in spirit gain honor. The, the accomplices of thieves are their own enemies. They are put under oath and dare not testify. Fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Many seek an audience with a ruler. But it is from the Lord that one gets justice. The righteous detest the honest, and the wicked detest the upright. May the Lord bless his holy words in the name of Jesus. So, tonight, um, we, we're going to be focusing on, like, just probably about three areas, but one of them, which I think is key, is um, what I call, I mean, it's on leadership, and um, I call it on leadership and community and beyond. And now, um, we have a question that says, what do you understand by the phrase, obedience is better than sacrifice, and why do we find it difficult to work in obedience? Now, before we, we, we take that question, um, there's something I usually say all the time, and, 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 I, and I contemplate on it a lot, almost all the time. And that's the fact that, one of the best gifts that God gave man or mankind is ability to make a choice. You know, ability to choose what you want, what you want to do. Because really, if God had taken that ability away and we're like zombie and it directs us, there would be less sin. But the, but the world will not be fun. It will be like you know, you, for example, you can't choose the person you want to marry. You know, you are already ordained from heaven to see why well, you are ordained, but you still have the ability to choose. You can't, you know, so making choices, you can't choose what you want to eat. So, choices are, are great. But having said that, that same ability to make a choice is what is making the world a broken place. Because anybody can do whatever they want, where there are consequences which they will face eventually. But that ability to make a choice is what keeps us from walking in obedience. Because God will tell us what to do, but because we can decide by ourselves to do it or not to do it. And that's a, that's a big deal. So tonight, so the question that we're gonna be talking about, I want help, is when you when you say obedience, when you hear that obedience is better than sacrifice, what do you understand by that? And also, why do we find it difficult as human to walk in obedience all the time or most of the time? Anybody? Before I start calling my friends in choir in the congregation, anybody want to go? Any hand? Why do we find it difficult to work in obedience? Anybody want to help? Come on, we're too quiet, people. Okay, what do you... Yes, go ahead, ma'am. Somebody, raise up your hand properly. Yeah, right there.
1: Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, so my understanding...
0: You can sit down, please.
1: My understanding is... um, when you, when you, the, what causes us, what makes it difficult for us not to obey is simply the flesh. The flesh that actually makes us not to obey. So the sacrifice there, when they say obedience is better than sacrifice, it's better for us to act upon God's word than for us to start seeing the consequences of, of um, the repercussion of, not, of disobedience and and my understanding of that sacrifice there is the consequence of you having to start seeding, praying, like you start praying and fasting, and then you start having to start sowing seeds. Those are the sacrifices. So, and because in everything we do, everything we commit, we always have these consequences of, for it, and which we'll have to start doing all that um, seeding and praying. So it's better off for us to just act upon God's word and obey, which the flesh, most of the time, causes us not to.
0: Thank you. Let's give her a round of applause. Absolutely. I think she's spotted on. Anybody else? We can take one more. There's somebody in choir. Are you raising up your hand? Pass. Okay. Okay. Thank you, ma'am. That's great. Um, Praise the Lord.
2: Hallelujah. I think one of the reasons why it's difficult for us to work in obedience is because
3: um, as human beings, we're designed to think, all right? And when we have to
2: obey, we are not, at times, part of that thinking process that came up with that instruction. So it conflicts with
3: what we want to
2: do. So at times again, when we rationally think through and say, "Okay, maybe what I am thinking is better than this instruction," usually we usually would prefer to go in the direction we're
0: thinking, which may not always be right. Praise Thank God. you, Pastor Okay. Absolutely, let's let's clap of God. Absolutely. So, and what he's saying is that um, because even when we see we see impacts, so but the the, the, the person giving an instruction, even if he's a leader in, 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 in um, if he's our leader. Or pastor is giving you an instruction, or is the Holy Spirit that is giving an instruction? They can see well ahead what you can see, but you can only see in parts, and you can only see the immediate side. So you are rationalizing, as pastor said. When, when, if you watch that um, favor um, the 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 the, the um, GW, GW, um, video that we watched on Saturday, because you you can you know you, because you can only see a little, you tend to. To just want to make the decision by yourself. So, if you can see, if God shows you holistically, and God will not show you all the time everything, he wants you to walk in faith. And that's where walking in faith comes. So, just as um, the, the other lady said, you know, because, I mean, the, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. That's another reason. So, we should always attempt and try to walk in obedience. The only reason that the world is so broken is because as humans, majority of people in the world, we're not working in the obedience of the word of God. Absolutely not. Even if you just follow the Ten commandment, and everybody lives within the Ten Commandments, the world would be a peaceful place to live. It's, that's why the world is broken. We're not working in the, in the, in the, um, in the obedience of God. So, um, one thing I want us to do, um, which I missed a little bit, I want us, because we're going to be talking a lot about leadership. Um, normally, when Pastor Tides, these proverbs, he would tell us to to give one or two proverbs. So I need one or two proverbs on leadership. I want somebody to just tell us one or two proverbs, you know, in our native dialect or in any dialect on leadership. For example, you're about to say, meaning that the horse in front determines the pace of the one behind. The other thing they say is that, um, meaning that you know, there cannot be an elder in a, in, in, in a public place and a child that is being backed will, ha- will be bent one-sided you know, the, the, the elder will intervene. So anybody want to give us one or two proverbs before we continue on leadership? Anybody? Come on, people. Nobody. Okay, there's somebody, um. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm
3: not too sure if it's on leadership, but in Yoruba, Mm -hmm. they said, in Sophie,
0: It's absolutely so. They say there's no law, there's no sin. I mean, if there's a city without law, there won't be any sin. Yeah, that's leadership because you have to, you have people have to obey the law and then they have to be leadership. Thank you, um, Pastor Rolly. All right, anybody else? Okay, go ahead.
1: So
0: you want to interpret? Yes, sir. Go ahead, ma'am.
1: Meaning, a leader or an elder that fell into a pit shows that other people are coming behind that to look at
0: what happened so that they will be able to adjust or they won't fall into the, into the same pit. So, simply means that if, if, a, if a leader falls into a pit, the people walking behind, literally and even um, hypothetically, will not. You know, get into the same pit. Praise the Lord. So, um, before we go into the second question, we're talking about leadership and commitment. I- I'll give a short story that um, w- when I when I, um, I I went to University of Benin and I finished in 1994. I should have left in 93. We the strikes weren't as bad as it is now, but we had a few strikes. So I finished in 94, and then um, by August of 95. I started working already full-time working so I was living in in Agege. a lot of you will know where they call the a giga that's where I was living and I used to leave home at about 545 545 in the morning sometimes six o'clock and by seven latest or sometimes six forty-five I'll be in Victoria Island the same office that I am right now and it takes 40 minutes 45 minutes at that time of the day now today if you leave that place at 6 o'clock, you'll probably be in VI at 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning, just 25 years ago. Um, same, same period, um, my wife was in UI, so I used to go to Ibadan a lot, pretty much a lot, a lot of time. In fact, there was a, there was a particular date, I've, I've shared this before, that I, I can't forget. I had a meeting in Lagos at 8 o'clock in the morning, so I finished my meeting, I went to Ibadan and I had another meeting in Lagos at, tw- at two, so I came back to Lagos at 12. I left about at 12 and I had my meeting at two o'clock and I went back to about at about 3.30 and I came back to Lagos the same day because of church. That was the Saturday. So what it meant was that I traveled to Ibadan twice in one day, you know, at that, um, at, 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 at that period. And then the third one, it was, um, as I said, I finished in 94. By, two, by 98, uh, I'd been working for about um, four years. So I woke up on a, on a, on a uh, I took a few days off, so one day I just woke up at six o'clock in the morning, and I said, oh, I could go to Benin today to go and get my certificate, you know, my original certificate, and that was six o'clock, and at 8 a.m., I set out. I went to Benin, three hours drive, max three hours, 20 minutes, um, spent a few hours, ran through the university, and I collected my certificate, and by 6 p.m., I was back in my house in Lagos. I was living alone. So if you look at all those three instances that I cited, if you try to make a bini journey today, it'll probably take you seven hours or eight hours, or you might not even get there that same day. So the question is, what has changed from just 25 years ago to today? How bad have we become as a nation? So the question I have for us, and I really wanted to talk about is as a people, is how will you describe the people that are providing governance in Nigeria, leadership, how will you describe them? And how can... How can Or how will you be different if you find yourself in in those situations? That's that's, that's a question that we need to to think through. Based on what I've said, you you can can deduce that we have have gone backwards a lot as a nation. In any way you're going to look at it. Backwards a lot. Now, so how can you describe the leadership that we have? Because the Bible says that when the righteous rule, the people rejoice. And going for that, if you find yourself in that situation, what do you think you'll do different? Anybody? Don't let us be quiet. As I said, it's a revision of, we've talked about leadership before, but okay, go ahead, man. Go ahead, sir. Um,
3: I think leadership is all about service. If we look at the example of the Lord Jesus Christ, it's about him serving the people. What has happened in Nigeria and in many other African countries is we've turned that thing upside down, where the people are serving the leaders. And that is the fundamental problem that I think we have today.
0: Spot on. Let's give her the round of applause. Absolutely. So, what, what Mr. Epoki is telling us is that if he finds them in that situation, he's going to serve the people and not the people serving him. Because right now, absolutely we're the one serving the people that are supposed to be serving us and that is why we have deteriorated for so long but but i'm going somewhere we're going to get into something else in a short while with another question that i'm going to ask anybody want to take on this one anybody anybody else okay two people yes ma'am and then
2: debbie
0: and sister debbie (laughs) Praise the Lord. Praise the
2: living Jesus. You know, the governance in Nigeria is something else. Just as our daddy have rightly said, our Lord Jesus Christ came, he served. You know, he did not say, I am a leader. He did not even count himself as God who came in human form. And yet, he served us. He humbled himself. But you can see in our leaders today, they are not humble. They do whatsoever thing that pleases them. You know? They said, who are those people that I am governancing on? Or who are those people that I am governing on? They are nowhere. They are nobody. That is how they are seeing us. Like what this um, same book of Proverbs said, Proverbs 29, uh, verse 2 says when the godly are in authority it said the people rejoice so you can rightly see that up there there are no godly people so people down here we are not rejoicing so by the special grace of God if godly people have been put in place I know that this country Nigeria will turn around amen yes like um, what we said in that um, first question you asked. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Absolutely. Yes, obedience is better than sacrifice. They are not obeying the authority. The authority they themselves lay down. They are not obeying it. That is the problem we are passing through. You know, when God sent Saul, said go there, destroy all, you know, So I said because I saw these ones are beautiful, Amalekites. Uh, The Amalekites. These ones are good. This one will be good for sacrifice to God. Who sent you that? You know, he did what pleases him, not what pleases God Almighty. That placed him there. He knows what happened to him in turn. May God help us in Jesus'
0: name. Amen. Yeah, we can clap for God. Sister Debbie. praise god hallelujah
3: um i think it's also a case of vision you know they it's it's a case of lack of vision and god's word is clear when there's lack of vision everything will perish you know so i believe that when they have vision of which vision comes from god you know and things will turn around praise god
0: hallelujah okay so we're gonna absolutely the both of them are spot on yeah let's clap for god so, please, CMM, bring up um, verse 2, 4, 12, 14, and, and 24. No, 2, 4, 12, and 14. So, when the righteous care in authority, some say when the righteous rule, the people rejoice, but when the wicked man rules, the people groan. Um, by justice, the king gives country stability, but by those who are greedy for bribes, they tear it down. If a ruler listens to lies, all his officials become... If you look at those three verses they're absolutely contrary to what we have in our society now. Absolutely. You know, people are groaning, things are not working well. And that's because the leadership, number one point, because we're going somewhere tonight, is not in obedience. They are not applying wisdom. They are not in obedience to God's word about leading the people. And my, my, my first feeling, when the righteous govern, it should be for the benefit of the entire community, not only their own interest. So what we, right now, we have people in governance that all they care about is their own personal interest all around. Please bring it up, my first feeling grab. That's all they care about, the people that are in leadership. And we've talked about it over and over again. CMM, are you there? We've talked about it over and over again. So fill, the first one is the righteous, and the second line is the entire community. So, but right now, folks are not doing the will of the people they are doing now i mean the will of god they're doing their own things but i have a, another question which is exactly where i'm going to on leadership and i need help we need to talk about this really really well on this leadership thing now if you look at nigeria as a country as a people based on what i describe would you say that nigeria has a lead, that the only problem nigeria has is a leadership problem and if not what would you say it is anybody does Nigeria have? I mean, what we have, the problem we have is it only a leadership problem, or there's something to it? Yes, ma'am. Please stop your hand well, so that I can see you. And Pastor Rolly as well. Go ahead.
2: Good evening, church. Good evening, ma'am. I don't think it's a leadership um, problem. Okay. I'm going to give a typical example of what okay. you see on the streets every day. Someone that is um, driving in a car winds down and throws his trash out of the window, it just doesn't make sense. Or you're supposed to be on the queue. It happens every day, you're at the toll, you see someone in convoy, it's pushing everybody out of um, the lane because he just wants to pass, because you think you're in authority or whatever. So for me, it's not just leadership, it's the mindset of oppression. You want to buy the generator, you call it, I pass my neighbor. So you want to oppress your neighbor you buy a car, the first thing you think of is how to go and show off to the people around you. So for me, I think the mindset of oppression, not just leadership. Thank you. Thank
0: you. Yeah, we can clap for God. So what she's saying that it's not only the leaders that have issues, that we have issues as well. Go ahead, Max. Start early.
3: Yeah, praise God.
0: Hallelujah.
3: Another thing I want to contribute is because there's no consequence. You know, it's not just the leaders if they do things that are wrong and there's a consequence for those things that they do. People will learn and change, but people just do what they want to do, and they get away with it. Even with uh, we have lawyers, judges, you know, we have people in authority that is supposed to do the right thing and put them in place, but they still get away with this. So, because there's no consequence in action in their actions, you know, that's another problem.
0: Thank you, Pastor Oli. Absolutely, she's spot on. You know where I'm getting to tonight? And that's where I am on this leadership thing. The issue we have is not a leadership problem. It's an obedience problem. We as a people, including the church, if everybody in church in Nigeria that goes, every single person that goes to church every Sunday does 10% of what they learn in church every Sunday, this nation will not be the way it is today. If you and I do everything that we are taught in GFH, and we spread it around in our little circle of influence, this Lekki as will not be the way it is today. If 10% of the church does 100% of what we are told, of what we are taught, of obedience of the word of God, this nation will not be what it is today. So the issue is not a leadership problem alone. The issue is disobedience from everybody, inclusive you and I, that were, I mean, when I mean you and I, even the Capitalist, Capital C Church in Nigeria. That is the problem that we have how much of obedience do we follow? We leave church now, we face one way. We get to traffic light, we don't stop. Those are not leaders. The traffic light is not being operated by our leaders. That is the problem that the entire nation, and we as the people that we have, is an obedience issue. And that is why we have a broken world, and we have a broken country. It's not the leadership problem alone. It's the followership problem as well. So, brethren, what are we doing different? You and I. In everybody sitting here tonight has a circle of influence as a leader. Is it that in your house? Is it that in your office? Is it that you're in your kindergarten school? You lead, you provide leadership. Now, how do you provide the leadership? Do you obey the rules when others are not watching? Or do you only obey the rules when others are watching? Or do you even obey the rules because you are the leader? Or you say, I'm above the rule because I'm the leader? That's the issue we have. The issue we have is beyond, it's not the leadership issue alone. Because those people are a representative sample of our world, of our society. The question is, what is you and I doing about it? I sometimes seem to go to the extreme, sometimes, when it comes to things like this. And we're going to get there. I want to show you, something Something was trending last week. And when something tre- trends, although I was born at that time, I mean, I could understand, I was a beneficiary. I sometimes follow, I follow it, or I go and study about it. I- I'm going to show you a short story about a gentleman that most of you, you, know, you hear the name, but you don't know the history of the name. Most of the people in this room will not know the history of the name, except those people that are probably age 40 and above. And CMM, if you don't mind, can you bring up um, my slide, the first page, and we run through it. So the man on the left, that man you are seeing on the left, is an elderly man. He turned 90 last week, and that's the vice president and Lagos State governor um, 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 visiting visiting him to to to, to 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 greet him for his birthday. His name is Jack Onde, Latif Jack Onde. The Jack the bus stop that you hear about, that's 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 where you, that's that, that that's the person that is named after. And if you go around Lagos, you hear jack on day, jack on day, jack on day here and there. For me, I mean, that's one of the epitome of leadership in Nigeria. Most people around here don't know him. Please, go to slide number two, and we'll go through. The few I took out of this slide were just a few things out of the tremendous thing that this gentleman did in four years and two months. It was the first republican and he was the first republic governor meaning that he was the first governor after the military had almost run us and in four years and two please put the slide up in four years and two months look at the number of school he built he increased the number of school um please go to uh, the thing is not complete can you go to the next page yeah the number of schools goes from six hundred to eight hundred in, in those periods. That's primary school. Secondary school increased from one hundred five to two hundred and three. The Lagos State House Assembly that you have today was built by this gentleman. LTV was built by this gentleman. The Lagos Ekere Road, that single road before they multiplied, was built by this man. He built so many hospitals. Go back to the, 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 the go back to the previous page. So. Constructed over 30 housing units. Look at all those names I put there. Just a few names. Everywhere you go, you see his hand. In four years and two months. In the last 25, 30 years after this man, I mean 20 something years, 30 years after this man had left, nobody, if I put all of them together, that has done as much as he has done. Hmm? Not half of what he has done. That's what Pastor K is saying. So here's the deal. When he was doing it, Most of the people in governance now were alive. Were they not? And they saw it. But that's why it's not a leadership problem. It's ours, disobedience to God's problem. So the question is, you and I, what are we doing in our little, little circle of influence to change the world around us? I I pick up something. It's a common news around the world. Only one data that I couldn't verify, and I put the lowest I saw. Go to page three of that slide. Go to page three. In two thousand and seven, the Lagos State put into law f- pension scheme for the governors going forward. That man that we showed didn- didn't do this for himself, but that's 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 what we have nowadays. Look at what they have. The one I couldn't verify because I saw a lot of big numbers. It's, 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 I mean, if you go to Google, it's, it's open. It's open for everybody to see. Is thirty million per annum. Some says it's hundred million it varies. Look at the pensions that they have for governors after working for just four years or at the most eight years. These people were, were like you and I when the other man was building the ego state. So the question, the problem we have is not a leadership problem. It's our people it's, it's, our, it's, our, it's followership issue. So and the question is what are we doing you and I about it? Let's go to verse 24. Verse 24. Come on, amen. In verse 24, the Bible was saying that he who partners, the accomplices, some partners of a thieves are their own enemies. They put under oath and dare not testify. Almost everybody will know somebody in government. In what way are we partnering with them to take the funds out? Because when a man begins to live above their means, that means they are doing something. What are we contributing? What are we doing to, to help them in what they are doing? This is the crux of the matter tonight. What, are, what I mean, you and I, what are we doing to help these people? Bankers, are, I mean, everybody, people are doing business with them. They're not, they not lonely. People in church are helping them. People are helping them to keep their money. They're helping them to launder the money. Are we come to church? What are we doing as individual? As I said, I can be a stream. One of the guys that we know very well, a good family, very good family, very fantastic human being, the wife especially. I mean, still does. fantastic Christian. Still does are fasting to, I mean, I'm talking about 40 days of no eating. till today, good Christian. But there's nothing much you can do about her husband, who's happened to be working in government. I came to, came to Houston one time, and I made a request that we should go play golf together. And I said, no, it's not going to happen. I can't be seen with you. Because you're taking people's money. You're you are, you are taking things that don't belong to you. I can't be seen with you. That can seem to be extreme, But if I go, probably you buy me a drink. And I'm, I'm, I'm taking part in the money. I'm, I'm, yeah, that's what the Bible says. I'm being part of it. That's why I go to that extreme. So the question is, what are we doing? What are we partnering with them? That's what I want to leave with us on this leadership. We'll spend a lot of time on it. If we, as a church, I mean, the whole church in Nigeria dissociate ourselves from these people, you know, that we call leaders, and we do the right thing. They will rethink. But the thing is that they know that when they come, not in GFH, they will be taken to go and sit in front, in church. Then they cannot be changes. So, the feeling note, I said, to partner with a thief is to reject wisdom and embrace this folly. The one who steals from others will steal from you and perhaps will, with violence threaten your own life. And that's true. People that partner with them eventually chase around each other to kill each other. That happens. If you do business with them and things are not going well, they will come after you. It's like dining with the devil. He will come after you. Praise the Lord. So I hope enough said. What are we doing? When you leave here tonight, what way am I contributing to this, to this that is going on? in in our in our nation nigeria we move on verse 29 verse 1 the bible says i mean chapter 29 verse 1 the bible says whoever remains stiff neck after many rebukes will suddenly be destroyed without remedy so i'm an apostle of saying i mean action and consequences what the bible is saying is that what's the opposite of stiff? it's flexible so, if you have been... To, go back to obedience as well. This one is wisdom and, and, and obedience. You go back to... If you have been told, you have been told to do something right, do something, do something, and you refuse. The Bible says destruction. There's no other way around it. I didn't write that. So, that's why I, I always talk about actions and consequences. You, you take action. You can do it over and over again. And that's why they said stiff neck, meaning that you, re, you refuse to change. Consequences is coming. My note says that Sudden destruction is the reward of continuous disobedience. If God wounds, who can heal? If God decides to say, okay, enough is enough, who can heal? Absolutely nobody. 29 verse 3. This one, the Bible is, A man who loves wisdom brings joy to his father, but a companion of prostitutes squanders his wealth. So, you know, it's, it's comparing somebody who doesn't take wisdom serious to somebody who, follow, who follows prostitutes. And that's the worst thing that can happen to you in life. Absolutely. It's not only stay, stealing. When you do that, you are wasting your resources, not only physically, but spiritually. You are abusing your body. So what the Bible is saying is that when you choose not to obey God, you are as bad or as worse as somebody who is following a prostitute who is wasting his soul, spirit, and body. He's wasting his, health, his resources, he's wasting his physical body, and he's destroying his soul. That's what the Bible is saying. That a man who loves wisdom brings joy to his father. But the, the opposite is, 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 um, is, is, is a companion of prostitute. Meaning that if you don't do that, I mean, that, that, that's what you're doing. Praise the Lord. God says, if you look at the poor, um, verse 20, uh, no, let's go to verse 6. Verse 6 says, Evil doers are scared by their own sin, but the righteous shout for joy. And the shout of joy will not depart from habitation in the name of Jesus. And the only way shout of joy can be in habitation is not to be evil. In fact, when the people are evil, it's not the fact that their heart is evil, but it's the acts that they commit. It's the thing they do that actually bring out the evils in them. That's what manifests the evil. So, what am, what am I saying? What I'm saying tonight is that um, as I put in my note the singing and rejoicing is an expression of what is inside the righteous man just as much as the sin is an expression of what is inside the evil man so what do we express out as the manticate so is that's what they say what do we express out as a people and all this thing I'm talking about is in disobedience to God because if we are obedient to God we will not be expressing out this kind of i mean, this, this thing we're talking about praise the Lord verse 27 the righteous care about justice for the poor, but the wicked have no such concern. Now, I mean, he's talking about empathy. You know, as a child of God, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to have empathy. The, the, the people, and just back to the government that we're talking about, the people that don't care about the poor, that don't have, it's not because they don't know it, but it's because they are overwhelmed with their own personal interest that overshadows their mind that they cannot even think, think about the poor person. And that's not what God has called us to do. That, that's not it. We are children of God. So in obedience to God, we're supposed to look after the poor. And I haven't said that. Pastor says all the time that we shouldn't say, oh, the Bible says we should look after the poor and then you start running after our people. No. We're supposed to walk and do and, 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 and earn a living. But if there's some reasons we don't have enough and we don't suppose that we have a little, we should be willing to share with the people that are around us. Praise the Lord. Ignorance and lack of understanding is not an intellectual defect but the expression of an evil um, perversion. And that's what they are not doing. Verse 10, 16, and 18, he's um, talking about you know, multiplication of evil. You know, it looks, okay, the blood hates hate a person of integrity and seeks to kill the upright. Next one. When the wicked are in authority, sin flourishes, but the godly will live to see them. Their downfall. Say amen. amen. And the last one. So here, what we are talking about is that, you know, it's a safe. And if you look at our country with all the evil that is going on, you know, sometimes this is what it looks like. When you have two people who are in leadership and they are evil, the replication is unprecedented. What you see, what we are seeing around that is going on in Nigeria, is because you have one or two people, a few people who are leading, but the replication down is absolutely unprecedented. Because for every two people, it's like the replication multiplies by five. That's what, how many people are governing Nigeria? Probably 5, 3,000, 5,000 people, including all the states. But look at the evil that is permeating around the whole nation. So what it means is that we as children of God when we contribute to it. We're contributing to evil. And it's, I mean, and it's going down all the way. And we complain, but we, are, well, I mean, we shouldn't be part of it. That's what the Bible is saying. We should not be part of it. And it's lack of obedience when we are part of it. And when God's word is unavailable or rejected, the people cast off restraint. What that simply means that, you know, people do whatever they want. They no longer have standards greater than their own feelings and current opinion. It's what they think. The, the opposite the fear of God is wisdom. So when they take God away, just as we have taken God away in Nigeria, majority of the people in leadership and followership, when we take God away, we begin to act. There's no restraint. We begin to act like nonentities. We begin to behave like, I mean, I, I, I can't name it. So, we as a church and as a people, when I mean a church, not just GFH, as Capital C church in Nigeria, we need to, I mean, we can change the world, but we need to start from ourselves. We need to live right all the time. Follow what the Bible says. What the Bible is saying here is that once there's multiplication of evil amongst among us, it replicates quickly. If you look at the home, a father and a, and, and a, and a mother, they have maybe four or five kids. And they miss it. What I mean, they miss drinking, doing drugs. Four four children are doing drugs already. Their friends are doing drugs. Look at replication. But it starts from a mother and a father, because they will fling the children. The children will fling their own friends. That's replication. Praise the Lord. You know, the the world has been evil from inception. So if you think all the um, all the killings that we're seeing, all the um, I mean, that is new. Absolutely, it's not. It's totally not new. Um, I was, I was, um, I was studying studying French Revolution. I just, I mean, uh, revolution. You know, in, in France, several years ago, hundreds of years ago, they revolted because the government was probably as bad as ours, and they felt that the Catholic Church, the Church, which mainly Catholic Church, was oppressing the people with, with the government, and they revolted. So I was just, it's just one of those things I, I mean, part-time. It could be 20 minutes, 30 minutes every three days or four days. I just say, let me even study this history. What, what, what happened? So I was studying French Revolution. And I came across something that was extremely evil. And that's why I realized that the evil that we have today is, is not, it's nothing new. The disobedience to God's word has been from inception and, and it is today. I mean, you hear the killing about people driving on express. They're bringing them in. They're killing them and all that. So what I discovered... Was, was, was fearful. It was just a reference, and I decided to go and check the reference. Fearful. There was a king. He became a king by providence between the age of, I, I, I mean, actually, I didn't know exactly when, but he died when he was 24. So, between the age of 17 to 18, he had become a king in, in, in France. And he, um, he, he, he had a mother who was still living so his mother was, had a lot of influence on him and was encouraging him in doing the, the negative things. And his name is Charles IX of France at that time. We're talking about 1500, which is 16th century. One of the, most, one of, one of the worst things I've ever read you know, in modern day is what this guy did. See what he wrote. So you, you, can, you can Google it. It's called um, author of the Parisian. When they say author, the person that, I mean, that started it, and when he was looking at the, about the people, history has it that he killed between, they were not exact, close to 30,000 people were killed within a few days, you know. And when the guy came out and saw the dead bodies after several weeks, he said, how sweet is the smell of an enemy's carcass. You know, in, Fran- in French, they translated it like this. I'm sure he meant corpses. That is evil beyond anything you can think about. Absolutely evil. And guess what prompted him to do it? You know what prompted him to do it? He was a Catholic, and his kingdom is, I mean, they're Catholics. And there's some other um, developing religion. They're more like Protestants of today. And then his sister married somebody from that other part. The day of the wedding, he set off his troop, and he killed as many of all those people. Just because, you know, he felt Catholic should be the way to go. So, the evil that, that happened, I mean, that's 500, I mean, 500, 600 years ago. So, it's not today. The disobedience to God has been from inception, but he never yields. And the guy died at 24. He, I mean, he died a, a, a very bad death at 24. So, the evil that happened is not, not something of today. The question is, we must, we should not, and we must not be part of it. That, that is it, in every shape and every form. Praise the Lord. We're going to parenting now. We've talked about a lot of parenting in the past, but there are a few things I think we need to um, just as a reminder. Proverbs 15, Proverbs 29 verse 15, 17, and 21. 15, 17, and 21. 15, 17, and 21. 15, 17, and 21. CMM. Okay, I'll go to my notes. So, A rod and a reprimand impact wisdom, but a child left undisciplined disgraces his mother. Discipline your children, and they will give you peace. They will bring you the delight you desire. And he who pampers his servant from childhood will make him as a son in the end. That path, that last one, let me explain. You know, in those days, you have servants and you have children. What that last part was explaining, the concept of those days, was the fact that if, if you have a servant and you're not treating him, you're not giving him discipline to ensure that he works well and all that, he will end up developing an entitlement spirit, and it becomes this problem for you because it will be like your son. Children are meant to have entitlement. I'm to say, this is my dad. So that's what they're saying. So they're talking about discipline. But when you talk about parental discipline and children, I know pastors has touched on it a lot and all that. There's a thin line between abuse and, and shaming and disgrace and, and discipline and correction discipline is meant to correct or to to inhibit a child from doing or repeating you know what you think is not right so um by the grace of god my wife and i have I'm two teenagers and god has really really helped us to for them to fairly turn out well, fairly by the grace of god and also being in gfh and being in teenage church so fairly and but there are a few, yeah, you can clap for God, because GFH has done a great job about them. There are a few things, you know, that that a few experiences I can share with, with, with them. And one of the ones that comes to, to mind tonight, and, and I've shared it before, is, you know, when he knew he was changing school, and, and, and he was in his class in, 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 in VI here with some, you know, a few students that were influential in society, and I mean, my wife and I are just common men but of, of, um, of God's origin. So, he seems to be walking around with his friends and all that. But, I mean, we, we talk, we, we teach them. But one evening, he was preparing. I Meanwhile, the prayer time, his, his result were not as good as it could be. So, he was preparing for, for, an, for an exam. And I started reading at about 4, 4.35 p.m. So, I will go into his room just to peep on him. So, when he sees me, he was using a, a, a desk that has slide. You know those that you can slide under and you can slide it out. So he had his phone on, on, that, on, on his lap, on that desk. So when I peep in, he would slide it in. So I saw him twice, but, you know, I'm very good at I'll give you a long group, because when I would catch you, I have to show evidence. So I let him be. This was like 5 p.m. So I let him be. So by 8 p.m., I collected his phone. And here was my son, who was studying for exams. And, and, um, has been chatting for like every five minutes, not exaggerating, you know, and he was studying. So I let him be, I showed it to him, so he went to bed. Now, I try as much as possible because they have an age gap of four, 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 four years between the two of them. So if I want to discipline him, if I do it in the presence of his sister, it could be a disgrace. Could, that could be part of humiliation. So I chose that, no, I'm not going to do that. So I let him be. So, I mean, he went to do his study, he was sober, and he went to bed. So at 10 o'clock, I woke him up. And I took him downstairs, and we had a, not a too much discussion, but we had a discussion by using my hand. And my wife was there. And prior to that time, that phone has been an issue. I had seized it for two weeks. I had seized it for two days. I had seized it for one week. I'll keep it. He won't touch it. But when you give it back, it becomes a problem. He was just 13 at that time. So after the, 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 the punishment, which was a bit severe, but just a punishment. And, you know, when we're, when we're young, they used to say, peak pain, right? You stood down like this. I'm sure most people don't know what that is. So he picked paint for a while and then I took him to the car and we drove to the lake behind my house. I mean the lake behind our in, in our estate. It was an iPhone 10 and I took the phone and he could see it and I threw it into the lake. So so he understands that if the phone is not what? It's not coming back. So that way he understand he understood the consequences of his action. So I threw the phone into the into the lake. So, and he, he changed school. Unfortunately, the school he went to, we had to talk to them, talk to him on weekends. So he had a phone they call Palasa phone. Now, that phone, if you want to dial in, if you want to type, you have to press three times. And in the whole boarding house, he was the only one that had that kind of phone. So it was so a shame that we set time. If I want to call him, he'll go to his room and we'll pick up the phone. So and and that, what I was trying to do is to set him straight that, okay, this phone that wants to destroy you, for it to, for it to destroy you, I would destroy the phone. I could have kept it. He would still have hope that it's coming back. But throwing into the lake, he understood the consequences of, of his action and the, 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 you know, the gravity. And by the grace of God, I'm not saying that's the only reason why it turned out well, but he, from then he understood, because he didn't get another phone until like two or three years later, he understood. By the way, the first phone, he spent half of his money to buy it. It wasn't something we bought for him. And a of gold. family comes, they give him money. He, he, do, he does some shows for other people. They give him money. So he paid half of that money at the time we bought the phone. So he, something that he lost was, that was part of it. So what am I saying? Pastor is always saying, your, your children can't be your friend. They're your children. You can make friends with them, but they can't be your friend. You can make friends with them, but you They can't be your friend, meaning that they can't dictate the friendship. So, by the grace of God, you know, hallelujah. And you know, he he went to a different school, and 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 I'm sure he's learned how to manage his time. And he, I mean, he came out really well. Not only for that, but the fact that, you know, I felt that that discipline helped him to understand. Okay. This is like life and death because I'm turning away from what I'm supposed to be. I just want to show you one of the notes. We get a lot of notes, you know, from their schools and all that. If you go to page four of that, my slide, this is the one that came about two weeks ago, you know. And this is the, the, a, a woman that was in charge of boarding our students, looking after them and all that. And this is what she has read. She said, good evening, sweetie. Hope your summer is going on well. Miss Camp will be the one to answer that question. She had asked a question about her sister. And I'm excited about having your sister at BH this year. You have left a big hole in boarding houses. Not just his own boarding house, but boarding houses and you'll be missed. Have a great day. Now, they have like four or five boarding houses, but the influence of behavior of what he did behind was being acknowledged that we're going to miss you. So, what am I saying? While church disciplines your children when they are here, you have the the ultimate responsibility to ensure that your children turn out well because let me tell you something if you pamper them because you don't want to feel bad now and they turn out bad eventually you still feel bad and they will feel bad and they will not forgive you for it so the the the, god has given us discipline is the order of god of god's government and parents are the dispenser Of it to their children there's a sense in which god appears to our own self-interest if you won't correct your son because it's good for him then do it because it is good for you because he will give you peace in future so you can bring out all this so what am i saying correct your children even god is saying if you don't do it because of him do it because of yourself praise the lord so finally on disobedience you see that i said disobedience is an act of rebellion disobedience is sinful disobedience is idolatry it's compared to witchcraft it's compared to idolatry disobedience is is disrespect to god's words disobedience is based on looking good to self and other people rather than to god in fact we're not going to read it in Matthew. jesus christ was saying that if you pray because pastor was talking about you know not um, not not projecting ourselves not not showing up by ourselves you know, in that God do the again video that we, that we watch on Saturday. So, what am I saying? What I'm saying is that we should not show off by ourselves. That's disobedient to God. Self other people. Showing off to, to others. You know, it's disobedient. We should show off to, I mean, it's God that we should, we, should, we should impress. The Bible was saying Matthew, Jesus Christ said, when you pray, you pray in the corner. When you fast, don't let anybody know. All those things were saying, don't show off. Because if you show off, you are acting in disobedience to god praise the lord finally on foolishness and wisdom i mean um most of these things we talk, we talked about i'll just run through it quick, uh, quickly in the family of fools the scoffers when they say scoffers it means mockers people that are always complaining it could be complaining about god complaining about government they are always causing trouble we should not be part of those people we, I mean, we should not, and we should not, should not, we should not be in their company. Scoffers are the worst offenders. They are so settled in their own combative, tyrant, cynical rejection of God and his wisdom. They may even bring judgment over the people because they continue to, to cause to a problem, not for themselves, for the people as well. The wise person knows that there's a time and a place to vent one's feelings but never exposes all his or her feelings. The Bible was talking about, you know, the, the, the people that they just explode everywhere. They vent their angers in public. We should be doing that. That's, that's, that's foolishness. That's not wisdom. That's not what the Bible says. And finally, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. James one nineteen. Now, if you read some of those verses, it says that, you know, he, I mean, show me somebody that talks a lot and their troubles the bible says in multiple words sin is a bound to sin is bound to what to, to, um, to arise now generally as human beings and based on my personal training and profession when people are talking to me i'm processing the information and i'm preparing my question so but you take that to the extreme where you want to speak no we should learn communication the best part of communication is to listen comprehend what people are saying We shouldn't say everything in our mind at all times. Sometimes it's good to go think about it and come back and have the discussion. Brethren, that's where we are tonight. God bless. That's all I have.
3: Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you.
1: And then taxi and but